and welcome to episode 54 of the Haskin Cast podcast, where I will be going over season three, episode four of the Netflix original show, Stranger Things. I uh, hope you guys have been enjoying the series so far. It's been getting a lot of listens, which is nice. Thank you very much. Thank you for sharing with your friends, those who have. Um, boy, this episode is just, uh, it, it's insane. And, uh, you know, it kind of sucks because it's its halfway through the season now. But this one uh, is finally bringing a lot of uh, intensity that I've been waiting for since kind of the beginning. But let me just take a step back and talk about how crazy today has been. I come home to find out that my air conditioner has been leaking all day, except that it can't be mine because I haven't turned it on all season. So maintenance comes out, they look at it, they think it's probably the apartment upstairs, but they go upstairs and there's no uh, no leak up there either. So they have no idea where this water is coming from. It's still dripping down. Thanks to uh, my friends at Audionamics, though, I'm sure that IDC will clean out all of the little water drips that are happening on the other side of the door. Uh, so that happened and I'm like, okay, well, that's weird. I'm going to dig, dig into stranger things and do the next podcast episode. And while I'm rewatching it, cause I watched it last night, but so much happened. I wanted to watch it again. And, uh, in the middle of that, another earthquake. And this one was originally reported as a 7.1 magnitude originating from about the same area, I, I believe as yesterday's earthquake. But, uh, this one was much stronger. It definitely lasted a lot longer, um, and it was uh, it was more powerful here. And this one, they felt uh, I've had friends uh, as far as Chandler, Arizona, reporting that uh, which is on on the east side of uh, you know Phoenix and Scottsdale and Tempe area. So that's a pretty good distance. And uh, then I felt a couple of aftershocks uh, since then. In fact, there's one right now going on, just a little bump here and there. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely intense. The speakers were shaking up on my RLX uh, pads. And uh, yeah, so, you know, the thing is, is like when they're over, you're like, okay, that's fine. It's it's over. Nothing was damaged. But you don't know while it's happening how long it's going to go on, how severe it's going to get. You just are kind of in the middle of it. So uh, I haven't heard anyone reporting any damage yet. I did stay online for a little while to check and, and make sure that uh, people were okay. So far, uh, no reports of uh, anyone hurt. So I'm very, very glad to hear that. Uh, but just crazy. So all that's happened today. And uh, now I'm just going to go back into Stranger Things. So let's talk about this episode of Stranger Things. So I'm just going to come out and say it. Absolutely best episode so far. And it kind of sucks because this is uh, episode four. So we're already halfway done. And uh, it, it's, but it's really kicking into gear now. All that stuff that they've been setting up is is really coming together. The dynamics are changing. Uh, lots of action, lots of uh, advancement in the storyline. So definitely love this episode. Um, my notes jump around a little bit, so I might too, and I apologize for that, but I just was kind of scribbling all over the place. Um, but I have to apologize first because I did not realize that Heather's father is the one that is the manager of the newspaper. I thought it was a similar looking guy because of the way they cast things that didn't really make the connection until uh, the end of this episode. And um I think that's kind of cool. I think that adds a little bit more of a dynamic to the whole thing, because if he's in control of the media and you can see how passionate he is about it, or at least as the the creature, he's passionate about it. But you uh, you you get the feeling that he can control what goes out to the town about all of this. So that being the case, uh, they can keep people completely out of the loop. And if they need to take over more people, 
they can do it very easily because they'll be caught completely unawares. And, uh, you know, they won't have guns in their hands. They won't be trying to leave town. Um, they have no idea that they need to protect themselves from anything at this point. So I think that's uh, that's a pretty important component and very intelligently written into the storyline here. I, I really like that. Um, wow, lots of crazy stuff. I really kind of don't even know where to start. But I'll start for now, at least at the beginning, uh, with uh, Ellen and Billy, that little scene where he kind of, you know, she knows that he recognizes her and he knows who she is now. And uh, he knows that she's a threat so that when they meet up later, he's a little bit prepared for what he's dealing with to uh, to an extent. And uh, and I kind of like that that L is like, you know, I don't think this is right. Something's not right about what we just saw at the house. And Max is like, no, I think she's fine. She just wanted to take an ice bath because she was hot, which, which is a little much. But I think that she doesn't want it to be her brother so bad that she's just kind of in denial about the whole thing. And uh, I, I get that because he's kind of a horrible thing on his own. You add uh, him being all hopped up on whatever demon he's, he's on um, certainly isn't going to make him any more pleasant. So I kind of get her not wanting it to be him. Um, but that was a cool thing with the, the Wonder Woman comic because Ella is basically Wonder Woman in this storyline. So I thought that was pretty cool that, that she identified with that. And also the fact that Max is like, hey, if you're going to hang out with boys, you're going to learn boy things. You got to hang out with me. I'll show you cool girl things. And uh, and we don't really need the guys. So, uh, again, a little bit more bonding. I, I see a strengthening in the relationship there. They're always hanging out together now. So that's pretty cool. Um, and uh, but then, you know, when they're when, when the call comes in, the, the red alert thing, why doesn't that mean anything to any of these people? You know, it's like every time somebody says that there's a red alert, they can't reach somebody or somebody else intercedes and goes, no, I'm not going to let you talk to them. Um, like Lucas's really annoying daughter, which will, or sister, which we'll get to later. But, uh, you know, it just kind of seems like nobody takes Code Red seriously. And that should be like the one thing above all that takes whatever thing that they're going through and pushes it aside because something serious is happening in this town. Because I don't think that that anyone's ever used that lightly. So I don't know. I just thought it was weird. And, and maybe the girls don't realize that because they weren't part of that earlier. But, uh, you know, so I guess maybe I don't know, maybe I can forgive them a little bit for it. But it just seems like that's, you know, that's something that would have been discussed. Is there emergency? Let's cut through all the bullshit. Something's happening. Code. Um, so I guess I guess that was just kind of a, you know, a weird thing for me that I think could have been addressed better. Um, but here's where some of the separation uh, furthers and some of it comes back into a little bit of unity in this episode because they all need to uh, to meld together to battle Billy. And uh, I, I like that. I like that uh, they can cast aside their differences when, when the heat is on and they need to work together for the greater good. You don't see that in people these days. So uh, that's, that's a pretty cool thing. Also, um, we're starting to see uh, some separation between Nancy and Jonathan as they uh, they lose their what is it an internship and I, I'm not really sure I understand exactly where Jonathan's coming from because if it's an internship they're probably making nothing especially back then so I, unless he was hoping it would lead to something better which which would make sense especially with him being a photographer and getting to do any work as a photographer in a professional industry if that's your passion is always great just like a musician or an author or anything else so I could kind of see him being upset but. Did he forget everything that happened, everything that they've been through that brought him and Nancy together? It just seems like another episode of, 
I'm going to distract myself with current things and completely ignore the bigger picture because he knew something was wrong, uh, wrong with, uh, with Doris, wrong with that rat. And I think they kind of fell into that uh, schizophrenic thing a little too quickly because the rat certainly wasn't schizophrenic, had no effect. Uh, she had no effect on the rat, but still something was not right there. And then going back to the house and seeing that, I mean, that's just not typical behavior. So I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like um, they, they kind of bought into that a little bit quickly, but maybe Nancy didn't. But Jonathan, yeah, he, he was a little over the top going off on her over the job thing. Um, he could have stopped at any time. He could have said, no, I'm not going to be a part of this. No, I don't think this is a good idea. But he has to take responsibility for the fact that he also went along. He was also there and he didn't have to be. That was his choice. But of course, he blames everything on her because she's the one that encouraged him to pursue it, taking no responsibility for the fact that that he made that choice as well. And I just kind of feel like, you know, he he's forgotten everything that's happened to them, as, as I mentioned on the last episode, where some of the character behavior, considering what this town has been through, they know the upside down exists. Um, that didn't just change. Um, they know that there's portals that have been, you know, sealed, but who knows how long that's going to last. The fact is there's stuff right around them all the time. So um, I don't know. It just, it just seems a little over the top to me. The fact that, that, you know, people seem to forget about that stuff, even in the heat of the moment. Um, after having been through something like that, I think my first instinct would be, is this something that's returning? Is this another facet of this horrible thing that we went through a few months ago? Um but that's just me. And, and Jonathan's obviously decided to take, uh, take his own path and, and say, you know what, Nancy, maybe we don't belong together. We're from opposite sides of the tracks. You don't get what it's like to go hungry. You don't get what it's like to be stressed about money because you've got daddy and, and uh, maybe we really don't belong together because we're from two different worlds, which while that's a cliche, I get it. I, I, I kind of see where he's coming from and I kind of see where she would be like, you know what, maybe we are, you know, maybe you're, you have to take life serious on a different level than I do because I have the ability to focus on other things that you don't. Um, I mean, obviously they're going to end up back together at some point, I'm sure. But for now, um, looks like they're, there's now starting the distance between them. So while we were seeing these couples come together and get stronger, now we're starting to see a little distance uh, in, in most of the couples. But what was really cool about the whole thing with Nancy in this episode is the, uh, the the camaraderie that she shared with Karen. I mean, they had some really good moments. And uh, it was nice to see a little bit of insight into Karen, because at this point, all we know is that she's a mom, she cleans the house, you know, she's the, the June Cleaver. But uh, she, other than being really horny for Billy, we haven't really got to learn much about her, why she feels the way she feels, why she acts the way she acts. And I thought this was some great insight into her character but also uh, really getting to, to share some tender moments with her daughter. And I thought her, uh, her little speech was very uplifting, very empowering. I can't wait to see what Nancy does with all of this stuff. Um, her going to the hospital, kind of a bold move, but I like that. She's a gutsy girl. I'm not really sure I understand, understood how it ended, but we're, what we're seeing is that while this was going on with Billy and the, and the kids had him trapped, and then this uh, something's activating in Doris, and you see the the veins and everything, which was once again kind of a very phantoms esque thing. Uh, you you get the idea that they're all connected, which you you really kind of see in the end scene where they're all standing there, and even though no one's mouth is moving, they're all singing the song. Not sure what that part was about, but you're seeing that that they're all connected, 
And even when Billy goes to Heather and says, she could have killed me, Heather says, yeah, but she can't kill us. And at first I took that as them being together somehow. But what I really think that was is us as the collective, all of us that are in this room that are connected through whatever this demon thing is and and whatever hold it has on them. So I kind of think that, you know, she's like, yeah, yeah, any one of us is expendable, but they can't defeat the group. So that's kind of interesting because Heather actually really seems to be the ringleader while it appeared to be Billy. Uh, but now it appears that Heather is kind of really the one that's running things on behalf of the demon. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out. But I love the battle. Um, I didn't understand why Elle didn't, wasn't able to use her powers when he was choking her or how she let that go that far without uh, forcing him back into a wall again or something. Maybe she was exhausted. Maybe she needed to take a breath. I'm not sure. But uh, it, it's it's good to see that she's human as much as she is like a, a superhero at the same time. She's obviously, you know, every superhero has their vulnerabilities, their weaknesses. And, uh, you know, it, it's nice to see that that she hasn't grown to some ridiculous strength that she still doesn't have to rest and and, you know, use the reserve tanks and that sort of thing. Uh, but definitely a great battle. Um, really appreciated that. I kind of love that. You know, the typical, I'm trapped, so I'm going to try and be your friend, and then I- I'm going to attack you at the same time, and hopefully you just won't see it. Um, sorry, still feeling a couple of aftershocks from the earthquake uh, roll through here uh, a couple of times through the recording. So it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. But um, yeah, so I thought I thought that whole dynamic was really cool. I thought that uh, the, the battle was cool. I liked that everybody kind of put their differences aside, but still tried to, uh, you know, put a little bit of bond back in there by explaining themselves. Uh, you know, Lucas re- reaching out to to Will and saying, hey, it was a cool game uh, that you had going. Sorry. And, uh, you know, Mike trying to explain to Elle that it was really Hopper that that put him in the lying mode. Um, I like that. I, I like that in the midst of that, they they are trying to reach out and mend some of these fences while they go into battle and have to be able to count on each other and trust each other. So uh, very, very cool stuff. And um, Hopper and, and Joyce and this mayor guy, um, you know, sometimes Hopper is just so aggressive. I'm like, even in a little town, how does this guy keep his job? And I, I don't know what's going to happen now, having handcuffed the mayor, having broken his nose, uh, forcing information out of him. I don't know what's going to happen with the dynamic there. Obviously, e- even if he was fired, Hopper's not going to stop anything because he just wouldn't do that. It's not his in his character, but uh, it, it's it's going to be interesting because what what does the mayor do if the mayor can't really fire him because he he would have to reveal what happened and the knowledge would come out. But at the same point, his secretary saw what Hopper did to him, so I don't know where they go from here. To be honest, but uh, it's going to be fun. And then and then for him to try and escape through the window of the house. Um, when he could have just run down the stairs or run outside uh, or, or whatever it was, because it looked like there was a staircase there. So I don't know why he was trying to escape through the window, but it just seemed like there was an easier option than making a bunch of noise trying to break through the window. Um, and where where was he going to go? You know, how was how was he going to be able to get far enough away from Hopper quick enough? Um, I, maybe, you know, I, I kind of get the desperation move. But at the same point, it's like the cat's out of the bag, dude. It doesn't really matter if you run or not. The, the the cat's out there. You you're not going to be going back to the office as mayor tomorrow if you run. Um, plus, obviously, then Hopper's going to know where you are and and be able to bring his troops in there or whatever. Um, 
but uh, but I like the way that Joyce is supporting Hopper. I like the way that he's like, yeah, you should be my, you know, you should you should come work for me because you're so good at this. Um, I kind of like that. I, I like that there is a relationship budding between them, whether she realizes it or not. Um, but I feel it's an honest thing, like it's an honest development. And, and even though he was trying to force it, I kind of feel like things are actually progressing very naturally out of the circumstance. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then <laughs> let's talk about this uh, Steve and, and Dustin and Robin storyline, because this is actually my favorite thing going on in the show right now. I just love what's going on with these guys. It's it's a little bit of humor mixed in with something that's obviously going to be incredibly important to the plot. And, uh, you know, you you see the green glowing stuff. And the first thing you think of, of course, is plutonium. I uh, don't really know that that's what it is, but uh, it, it looks like potentially it could be that. Uh, whatever it is, it's not good. Anything that glows and is locked away uh, with the security that they have is probably not a good idea. But can we just talk about Lucas's sister for a second and how annoying this girl has been since day one on the show? You know, she didn't uh, care about the the code red in, I think that was what, season one. Um, fortunately, she hasn't been on much, but she was introduced earlier on in this uh, season. So, you know, she's going to be integral to something. And uh, of course, she's the one that fits through the vent and can get in there. And with all her stories and child endangerment and everything else, um, but she's just a selfish, greedy, annoying little brat. And uh, she's one of those characters, though, that, man, you, you need, but you really wish you didn't need. Kind of like Billy. You have to have your antagonist. And she's kind of a, you know, on, on both sides of that. She's helpful, but she's also somebody that you just wish you could smack and uh, write off the show somehow. But uh, she, you know, she helps the heroes. So that's the important part. And um, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens as they are trapped. Uh, but I, I like that. I like the little fight over the elevator button and, uh, you know, them getting whisked off to God knows where. Uh, it, at one point, I thought maybe it was going sideways, but then I realized that didn't make any sense. It, it's going down into, uh, you know, deep into the earth, uh, wherever, whatever hidden base or or what could be. It, it might even be that uh, scientific base that we saw in the beginning of the season. Uh, don't know yet because they're they're still riding at, at the end of this episode. But overall, I thought it was an incredible episode. Very powerful. Lots of great things happened. Uh, lots of bonding, but some more separation. Um, it's it's definitely moving. This this uh, this episode had a lot of moving parts and a lot of uh, story advancement, which was great. And uh, I'm really excited to to see episode five. And it's kind of tough because I don't want to start getting things confused and saying things in a podcast that haven't happened in the because they're in the next episode. So I'm not watching ahead, but I have to admit it's like really tempting right now to watch ahead to the next episodes because I'm really curious to see what happens. But uh, it's Friday night. Um, I'll probably do one or two more tonight. I'm getting a lot of texts about the earthquake and, you know, people checking on each other and that sort of thing. We're still getting some aftershocks here. So uh, I don't know how many more I'll do tonight, but uh, definitely by Sunday, they will all be done. And then I'll finish editing um, this week's episode. I have a very exciting guest coming uh, to the show. So uh, stay tuned. Come back for the next episode when I get it done. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. And I hope you're enjoying it. Bye-bye.